You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon, whatever the case may be to you. I am your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I am Dr. Jeff Werber, and I'm here for you. I'm here for your pets, and we're here to talk pets. Anything, anything you want to talk about with your pets, give me a call. You can easily reach us, 877-385-8882. It's toll-free, 877-385-8882. Or you can log on to Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. You just click on that tab. It'll take you to our page, and you will see a big box that says, Join the Conversation. That's all you need to do is just click on it and just start typing away. Or lastly, you can go ahead and send me an email real-time right now to drjeffdrjeff at petliferadio.com, and we will read your email, probably read it out loud, share it with everybody, and answer your question. We're here because of our, well, with the help of our sponsors. That's the Kong Toys. Kong are great products and very safe. And also ProSense pet products are available at your local mass retailer. I mean mass. I'm talking Walmart. We're talking Target and Kroger. Great stuff. Veterinary quality that you can use on your own pets at home and save yourself a bundle. So uh, and as a matter of fact, that anyone calls in, writes in, and we have one such email that we are going to uh, get to later, and you will get a free ProSense and a free Kong toy just for sending us an email, just for calling us, just for joining the conversation. It's that easy. So you come away with info. It's free, and uh, we're here to help you understand your pets better, and not just that. From my perspective, always has been as a veterinarian is I think that we need to help you understand more about what your pet's needs are and when things aren't going right or when I like to say is when your pet is ADR, ain't doing right, what can you do, what can you expect and how insane or not should you or your veterinarian get about trying to find answers, how fast, how many tests do they need to run and how much money do you need to spend? Typically, I think it's too much. So that's why we're here. We're here to help and just sort of uh, equip you with a little bit more knowledge. And uh, in that line, because I have a lot of, I, I know you're listening out there because I get some emails and we're answering them and we're going to do another one today. For some reason, everybody's so shy. Don't be afraid. You know, I had a live radio show here in Los Angeles on KBC Talk Radio and we would get, it was an hour show and we got, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 calls an hour. So I know that if I even cut that in half, we should be getting at least six or seven of you to uh, call in, write in 877-385-8882. It's that easy and it's free. So over the last several weeks, um, going through our organ systems, we've been on eyes. We went through a lot of ocular conditions that one might see or expect to see. And I sort of wanted to end with probably the most common reasons that you're going to bring your pet in for an eye problem. And that is what we talked about last week, conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis just being an irritation, a redness. The, the white part of the eye called the sclera is injected, meaning if you see it's a lot redder, pinker. If you look up real close and personal, you'll see as a matter of fact. What I would recommend all of you do, not right now because I want you to stay on, online, but when you get home or when you're with your pets, I want you to lift up their upper lid and really get a good look at the sclera. Because their sclera has more vasculature normally than we do. 
their whites of their eyes are not as white. They do have a fair amount of visible vessels that you can see. And the reason I want you to do this is because I want you to understand and know your dog or cat's normal. So when it is abnormal, when it is too white, okay, that could mean anemia. If it actually, the white sclera has a yellowish haze, that could be jaundice. That could indicate a major liver problem. Or if it is much pink or redder like our pink eye, then you know we have a scleral injection. We have probably some sort of inflammatory condition going on. That's called conjunctivitis. Now, what is the conjunctiva? The conjunctiva really is all the pink tissue surrounding the eye. Even the third eyelid we talked about a couple of weeks ago, last week, that is part of the conjunctiva. When that is inflamed, when you see more of it, that is conjunctivitis as well. So what causes conjunctivitis? And the list is very long, and it could be anywhere from allergy, from irritation. For example, I'll give you a good one. If you've ever driven with your dog in a car, okay, what do they love to do? They love to stick their head out the window of that moving car, even on an LA freeway going 75 miles an hour. The wind in their face, their ears are flopping, their saliva's, you know, drool is getting all over your back windows. They love to do it. Well, you know, there are some difficulty with that, and that is that the difficulties could be that they can get what's called exposure keratitis. It doesn't seem to bother them, but those dust particles, the air hitting that eyeball at 70 miles an hour or more, if it's got its own speed coming at you, then they, that can cause some irritation at the cornea. So that could cause conjunctivitis, that can cause a keratitis, which is the inflammation or irritation of the actual cornea. And that is very, very, it could be very damaging to the eye. It, it gets painful for the dog. There are actually a product out there called, you may have seen these, they're kind of cute, called doggles. And they look like, you know, kind of the old Snoopy, the um, glasses that you wear in the airplane that, you know, you, if you can remember way back, the old Snoopy cartoons, but that's kind of what it looks like. And those protect the eyes. They look kind of funny. The dogs tolerate them pretty well. And they are to protect the eyes from exposure, keratitis, and exposure, conjunctivitis. Other things that we might see, pure allergies. When dogs have an allergic problem or something gets in their eye that they're extremely sensitive to, they get a conjunctivitis. For example, when you have a keratitis, the cornea is irritated. What do the dogs do? Dogs are continually blinking because of the pain and the discomfort. That can also cause a conjunctivitis. Infection. For those of you with cats out there, when we have chlamydia infection, which is one of the respiratory infections, that usually presents with some sort of conjunctivitis. Even the virals, the rhinotracheitis, the Khaleesi virus, which is what we vaccinate our cats against. The FVRCP, the P is for panleukopenia, cat fever, but these are all problems that we see related to conjunctivitis. So it could be allergy, it could be infection, it could be irritation, you name it, we get that redness. Treatment obviously depends on what the cause is. If it's pure allergy, then we probably, your veterinarian will recommend some sort of anti, it's, it'll be eye ointment, sometimes oral antibiotics as well. If it's a viral infection, some sort of antiviral. There are some really good antiviral ophthalmic ointments. There are some really good antibacterial ointments with cats, with cats. I caution against using the triple antibiotic ointment. It's okay for dogs, but there is a, it's a small number, but we don't know exactly, we can't identify. It's kind of like the raisins and grapes in dogs. 
is that it doesn't affect every dog. In fact, it doesn't affect most of the dogs. But when you have a dog that is affected, it's very serious. So the same thing with the neomycin, one of the triple antibiotic, it's polymyxin, bacitracin, and neomycin. Some cats, a small amount, can actually have an anaphylactic reaction to neomycin if they eat it. So what, what, you know, you put something in a cat's eye, all right? Any of you who have medicated a cat know what are they going to do? They're going to take their paw, they're going to rub it on the eye, and then they, of course, going to lick their paw. So if you have one of those cats, and we don't know who, which ones they are, that might be one with that reaction, then that is very dangerous. So we recommend some of the antibacterial ophthalmic ointments for cats or just things without neomycin. So steroids, antibiotics, antivirals, depending on what the case may be. And one of the things we're going to get to now, we're going to talk about the cornea, but it often goes hand-in-hand with the conjunctiva. And that is that even though one of the best active ingredients to combat the inflammation and sometimes the irritation are medications with corticosteroids, and by the way, cats tolerate steroids extremely well, the problem is that steroids are contraindicated if there is any kind of corneal lesion, whether it's a corneal scratch, a corneal ulcer. So you sort of have to walk, and your veterinarian doesn't have to walk that fine line between we have to be careful not to use steroids because of a corneal issue, but we really want to use steroids to decrease inflammation, pain, etc. on the other side. So sometimes we have to first treat the ulcer or the erosion when that is healed, cured, if we still at this point, have some sort of conjunctivitis or keratitis going on, then it's okay to use the steroids after that. So that takes us to the corneal ulcer, the corneal erosion. You know, one of the things, if I gave you a quiz and asked you what type, and I mean body type, of dog or cat do you think is most likely to get a corneal ulcer or corneal erosion? All right? That's what I want you to think about. We're going to talk about treating them, and then I'm going to have somebody call in not only do you maybe, maybe have the answer for me, but maybe you'll get a free ProSense product and a free Kong toy. That's not bad. So we, uh, again, there are a number of different depths. Actually, interestingly, the cornea itself has seven layers. And two of them are tear film and then five of tissue. And the depth of the ulcer or the erosion correlates with this, its severity and seriousness. But interestingly... The dog or cat with the more superficial ulcer, though not as serious, are actually in more pain and discomfort. And the reason for that is the nerve endings that are most sensitive are in the outermost layers. So once those layers are completely punctured and go down deeper, they don't seem to be in as much pain. Yet, the ulcer itself is much more serious. So it's very important and... As many of you know who listen, I, I like to do my own emergencies. I, I'm continuously talking to my clients. That one of the areas where I don't mess around, I don't say, uh, you know what, what's he doing now? Let's wait till morning is when it comes to eyes. Because if we have an eye issue that is not addressed timely, it could be very serious. So much so that the ramifications might even require major, major surgery or sadly enough, in really bad cases, of a missed diagnosis, enucleation, losing an eye. So we don't mess around with eyes. So when someone calls in and I tell my staff, I tell my girls up front, 
Someone calls in and their dog has a squinting, excessive tearing, rubbing at the eye. It's not, well, gee, doctor is booked today. Can we see you tomorrow? No, it's come in now. So for any of you who are having these issues with your pets, your dogs or cats, I want you to know that there is a certainly serious component. So we're here at our halfway point, which is a good time to break because I'm going to leave that question out there. I want to know the body type, the type of dogs, name me some breeds that are most likely to have corneal ulcer or erosion problems. And you can just call me at 877-385-8882 right after the break. Don't go away. We'll be back in a few minutes. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food, and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. There's nothing more delicious and healthy than an old family recipe. And for over 50 years, our family's been creating them especially for your pets. Nutrisource Super Premium Pet Foods. Dog and cat food that's all natural, holistic, and organic. Nutrisource Pet Foods contain our patented Good for Life system for your pet's optimum health and well-being. So order now. Safe quality food made by our family for your furry family members. Go to NutrisourcePetFoods.com. From our family to yours, KLM Family Brands. Hey there, pet parents. This is Christy Vaughn, host of The Doggy Dish. Do you love your furry companion? Do you love making him or her healthy treats but can't seem to find the time? Great news. The Doggy Dish is the perfect show for you. Every episode is chock full of healthy and easy recipes that are made with ingredients you most likely have on hand. Tune into The Doggy Dish for yummy and healthy recipes for your canine kids. Every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio. And before the break, we asked a question, and that is we're talking about eyes and eye injuries like corneal ulcers and corneal abrasions and erosions. And I asked, what breed, breeds, or, or body type do you think are the most common presenters of these kinds of issues? So I still want to hear from you and get the answer right. Easy question. Think about it, and we will send you out a free ProSense and free Kong toy. So anyway, as far as treatment, again, if there is an ulcer and erosion, then we're going to use uh, an antibiotic ointment of type. Uh, Sometimes we have to do what's called debriding the ulcer. And that is because the body is trying to heal. And interestingly, you know, people don't realize this, the cornea, the layers of the cornea are just epithelium. It's exactly like our skin. It's just the cells are so perfectly aligned and so thin that you could see through. 
But it's the same. If you ever like have a peel or you're sitting on the sun and you and you start peeling your skin off and you can just get a little piece, if you hold it up, it's it's pretty clear. So the cornea is the same thing, same type of tissue. So it needs to heal. Sometimes we have to kind of roughen up the edges a little bit. And in order to stimulate some blood flow to the area, we get some good vascularization, and that means the blood is coming in to help the healing process. Other times, we might have to do, your doctor might have to do what's called a punctate keratotomy or a linear keratotomy, and that is where we take a very sharp, pointy, like just sometimes a very fine needle, and actually make some slits or in a pattern or a grid or just little polka dots in, in the case of a punctate. But if it, a grid or a linear, we're going to take lines. The whole idea there is the same thing. We want to go and just get the outer maybe layer or two of cornea and kind of get them irritated, again, to bring in, to stimulate the body's response to get some flow going. We also sometimes might, you know, serum in our blood has, you know, healing capability. So sometimes what we'll do is we will take some blood, spin it down, throw off the cells and keep the serum and have the owners drop some serum. It's their own pet's serum. So there's no concern about rejection of graft or another animal serum and use that in the eye. That too can help bring in some healing factors. Once we get the corneal ulcer or erosion healed, then we would, if we need, still need to eliminate some of the inflammation, then we'll go ahead and add on the steroid. So one last thing that's very important to treating any eye problem, anything, whether it's the entropion, the lid, you know, whether it's the dystichiasis, trichiasis, whether it's corneal, whether it's conjunctival, whether it's cherry eye, if surgery or medication is being placed in the eye, it is imperative that your pet goes home with some type of restraint from rubbing at that eye, whether it's Elizabethan collar, whether it's the tube type collar, Kong has a great one. Whatever it takes, we have to prevent the pet from rubbing or scratching at that eye. That is critical. So real quick, I want to go ahead and read you an email that we got from one of our listeners. Dear Dr. Jeff, we have a two-year-old rescue pit bull who has only eaten human food for the past two years. She's eating regular high-protein dogs for less for the past two months, but her teeth are in bad shape. They are not chipped or cracked, but it's obvious that she has not eaten the right food. Now she's getting healthier by our high-protein dog food as her coat and overall health is excellent. I wish to start to clean her teeth. She will allow me to put my fingers in her mouth, but not dog toothbrush or even with dog toothpaste. Can I use a soft towel or what can I do to clean her teeth besides taking her to the vet to clean professionally? She has tolerated me touching her gums and teeth with no. So this comes from Sharon, and um, I already answered Sharon. Basically, as I, as I answered Sharon, first of all, congratulations for adopting a dog, a pit bull. Uh, unfortunately, our shelters across the country are loaded with them, and sadly, sadly, way too many get put to sleep. They really are wonderful dogs. They are great with kids. The only thing I caution, is, as I'm sure any of you know, they definitely have a tendency to want to fight other dogs, but most of them are really good with people, and if they're not, that is in the training because the breed was never intended to be mean to people. It was only a fighting breed. So anyway, what I'd recommend it to Sharon is this. First of all, the fact that she lets the teeth and gums being rubbed is great. I told her to take some really good tasty paste. You can get poultry flavored. You can get uh, fish flavor, beef flavor, dentifrice toothpaste. It's non-subject. It's made for dogs. And you can literally lift the lip, put like one or two rubs in the gums, and then stop. That's it. That's it. One or two rubs. It takes two seconds. And they go, oh, oh, my God, you're such a good girl. And give her a, her favorite treat. 
day one. Lift the lip, same pace, etc. And now you're going to go maybe for four or five seconds. And then you say, oh, my God, you're such a good girl. And you give her treats again. And the next day, you might go 10 seconds. The whole idea is every day a little bit more until you get to the point. First of all, now, what is she associating this process with? She's associating with all the hugs, kisses, praise, and the treat. So within a very short amount of time, they will actually look forward to it. Even if they don't love the process, they love the treats and the praise. So once you get to the point where you can go up and down and around the mouth and the back and etc., then you can actually slide. They have these little finger brushes that have either real toothbrush type bristle or just little like hard rubber bristles and use that instead of just your finger and do the same thing. Go slow at first and each time it's always associated with the hugs, the kisses and the dog's favorite treat. And she will allow in no time she will allow having her teeth brushed. Once you get to this point and she's used to the actual brush sensation, then most likely you can now convert to a real toothbrush for dogs, of course. But even if you don't, even if you stick with the finger brush, big deal. It's still fantastic. Now, now one of the things also she was concerned about, the staining and the plaque on the teeth. Once the plaque, which is more of like a film, hardens and becomes what we call calculus or tartar, I don't care who you are, what you are, what you're using, unless you are a human dental hygienist or dentist yourselves, and you have the proper equipment to come and use dental scaling equipment to peel, crack that tartar off, you can't do it. You can brush between now and next year, March 1st, you will not get that plaque off. You might irritate the heck out of the gums, but you won't get that tartar off. So if you have, if the teeth have accumulated the calculus, the tartar, the hardened plaque, if you will, you need to have those cleaned professionally. Once you have the teeth nice and shiny and all that tartar is removed, now that brushing which can remove the plaque, the film, the early stages, that's where it's going to be most beneficial. So make sure uh, you consider that. Get your pets into the habit of having that done. So, Sharon, I want to thank you. Well, I'm going to be writing you back so we can get your uh, address. We'll send you something out. So back to my question. I'm just checking here. Oh, my gosh. Nobody joined in the conversation. No emails. No phone calls. 877-385-882. Just think. You missed on a golden opportunity to get a free Kong toy and a, uh, a pro sense. So anyway, the answer is this. And, and you think about it logically. Dogs' eyes are they're meant for hunting. That's why they are, the corneas are usually less sensitive. That's why they don't blink as much as we do. So they often keep their eyes open. So if you have a dog that is going through any kind of brush, passing by a piece of furniture, the leaves of a, bit of a plant in a home, anything that might be sticking out, the dog with the normal size snout, typically their nose picks it up first and then they can react. They can react by turning their head. They can react by blinking. So they typically, I mean, I mean let's put it this way, any dog, and any dog does, can present with a corneal ulcer or coronal erosion, but we see it much more frequently, I mean much more frequently, in the brachycephalic breeds. The brachycephalic breeds are those breeds that have the pushed-in faces where everything is compressed. The distance between the tip of their nose and their eyes is almost the same. I mean, it's flat. So you're looking at the Shih Tzus, the Lhasas, the Pugs, the Boston Terriers, the French Bulldogs, the English Bulldogs. These are the dogs because of and the Persian cats. Oh, my God, we see this a lot in Persians because they, they're, by the time they get the signal to their brain to react to that which their whiskers or their nose sensed or touched, right, and they can try to protect their eyes from blinking, it's too late. It hit the eyes too. 
And so we see this. And also they have, if you look at these dogs' eyes, they are, we call them bug eyes. They are so prominent. They're just sitting out there waiting, waiting to be irritated. And uh, we see that again. And it's also why one of the, it's one of the breeds of dogs that will often suffer from what we call a proptose eye. And that's either from injury, from severe straining, pushing. They can actually pop their eye out of the socket. It's gross. It looks terrible. People panic. If we get to it quickly, which is why you don't mess around with eyes, we can pop it back in, sew the eyelid shut for a couple of weeks, and they are totally fine after that. So um, anyway, I want to thank you for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets. Sadly, only Sharon, who called, who sent me an email, is going to get the uh, free products that we're going to send out to her. And uh, I want to thank once again Kong and ProSense. I want to thank you for being here, joining me here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio. And we will see you here next week. Have a great week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.